All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. I got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. Jack left town. Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. What was that rocket? What rocket? I was just in my office and I heard a rocket. Describe the rocket, sir. Does this mean we're not friends anymore? Indeed I am the guy with the gun, DJ Nubis, with you on the Metal Tavern Radio Podcast. Writing solo again without DJ Neko, who is currently out on business. Uh, let's see, we got a few things to get to today, nothing major, although I do have some cool topics. Uh, one to do with some horror films and certain things involving that. Uh, also, uh... A real-life zombie attack, yeah. Also, Tom G. Warrior gets into it with Metallica, or at least, like, plows in and rips, rips Metallica for some shit they were doing with his music. I'll get to that later. Uh, first, though, I want to talk a little bit about... Um, now, when I was really young, I saw Dark Crystal. Uh, I believe it was Jim Henson that did that originally, or at least the concept. And... Uh, Really enjoyed that flick. I kind of forgot about it over the years, but occasionally I'll go back and watch it and whatnot. But apparently Netflix is now creating a series uh, based off the movie called Age of Resistance. And I'm, I think they only got they got one season so far. I'm, I'm hoping that it goes beyond that. It was really a lot of fun to watch, and it was a very interesting uh, concept and everything else. So... I'm real excited about that. It kicks off August 30th of uh, this month, so be looking for that. Has some uh, actually some big names doing the voices in it, which I wasn't aware of initially. Um, you got Mark Hamill, uh, Luke Skywalker, as he'll always be known to me. But you got him, uh, Simon Pegg, Helen Bonham Carter. Uh, let's see Eddie Izzard. Also have um, Lena Headey is in there as well. And uh, Jason Isaacs also. So a lot, a lot of big names showing up in this. Ought to be really, really cool. And anyway, uh, today as far as music is concerned, I've got a lot of different stuff for you. Some new stuff. I got some stuff from the labels and promotional sites that send me some stuff. So got a little bit in the way of uh, Cropsy Maniac, Witch Vomit, Antichrist Siege Machine, Surreption. 
Uh, I've got some Veil Burner as well as uh, Judas Priest and Dream Theater. In the horror block today, got some brand new stuff by Volbeat, Blackwater Holy Light, Eustead Band, Rush, Kingdom Come, and Orgy. So when we get to that, I'll dive a little more into all that. Going to kick things off, though, with some Flotsam and Jetsam. This is no place for disgrace.
Great tonight. 
from Carve Lives, and you're listening to the Heart of Chaos, only on Metal Tavern Radio. Alright, DJ Dibbles, back with your Metal Tavern Radio podcast. Had some uh, Rebel Riot there with Lucifer, that's a track provided by Vlad Promotions, much appreciated as always. Before that, Martyr, a live version of Afterlife, coming from their Live in Japan. They releasing this year, so uh, apparently that band's been around for quite a while. I, I, this is they're new to me, but uh, pretty good shit. Good heavy power speed metalish type stuff there. So uh, they've been around for a while, and they still sound like on top of their game. So very fucking cool. Meanwhile, I am going to try to get a hold of DJ Neko. We'll see how this goes. Hello? DJ Neca, this is DJ Nubis. How are you? I'm good. I'm actually taking a wee break from the job and we're running and getting some stuff at the Walmart. So how's the job going? It's been going really well. I've been really busy and... There was a point this morning, though, that we thought that there was, like, a disaster, but it really was not. It was just um, something was grounded, and they weren't able to see um, when they were powering up the cable system. Huh. So they were, like, super worried about... We thought that one of the... um, We thought that one of the repeaters was bad, so... But it wasn't. It wasn't. It was just... I had ground the... Because you're supposed to, so, you know, you don't die. And, <laughs> yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah. So we did that, but they didn't, um, the people who do the testing didn't check and untest it or undo it. And that's not, it's not a big deal, but it was just like everybody was having a mini panic. Yeah, that's understandable. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm just kind of, you know, I went to Walmart the other day and bought a bunch of stuff and John just got in yesterday, so he is buying a bunch of stuff and we're supposed to set sail tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon by 2 p.m. That's like what, what the consensus is right now. Very cool. So I was getting ready to dive into uh, Maryland Death Fest 2020 a little bit. Oh, I know. I can't wait to go. I um, I keep looking at all of the... the uh, lineup and it looks amazing yeah it is kind of funny i know that soundstage on saturday and sunday like there's really no bands that i care for on those days except for one but everything else saturday and sunday would probably be ram's head for me because there's just so many great bands there you know and then like of course our friends in nomas are playing they're opening up for violence who hasn't played in years together so i'm so psyched so i'm trying to think though would we um are we just going to get the four-day all venues, or are we going to buy separate tickets? Probably just get all four days, uh, because I think the first... it ends up being cheaper, yeah, anyway. The, the first two days, we'll be back and forth. There's different bands on each day that I want to see, <laughs> but for whatever reason, the Saturday and Sunday sounds days, like, there's... I mean, if I feel the need to, to jump back and forth, I will, because there are some interesting bands, but... For the most part, most of them are all, like, on the Rams head, so. Cool. All right. We gotta get those, we gotta get those ordered soon so they don't sell out. Yeah, well, 
that should be happening in the next couple of days. So. Yeah. So how are things back home? Okay. Everything's how are, well. How are the kitties? I mean, oh, the kitty. The Miss one kitty. cat. How yeah. are the bunnies? Bunnies are fine. Is Miss Kitty happy? Yes. I miss her. <laughs> I love Miss Kitty. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to jump back into music here. I want to just say hi to everybody. Uh, hi. I love you, sweetie. Love you, too. I will see you in, like, 20 days. Yep. All right. All right, baby. Bye-bye. Have fun. Bye. All right. So that was DJ Neko checking in. She's out in New Hampshire right now, so getting ready to go do some splicing and dicing with her company she's very uh good at it and i'm very proud of her i do a regular delivery job so i'm just a normal joe compared to her but i control this so talking about mdf we're going to kick off the next block with some imprecation that's one of the bands that i'm excited to see uh great death metal can't remember how i came across them but i think it was like a few months back Either way, this is a song called Temple of the Foul Spirit. Check it out.
Hey there, this is Hugo Flores from Factory of Dreams and you're listening to Metal Tavern Radio. Enjoy the music. Alright, DJ New is back with you on Metal Tavern Radio, the podcast. Brand new stuff from Witch Vomit, Dripping Tunes. Alright, so... What I want to talk about a little bit in this segment is that, uh, you know, I grew up being a pretty big horror fan. I mean, I still like horror to agree. I still check out new stuff if it interests me. But I, I find myself these days becoming a little bit more bored with horror. Maybe, maybe it's just because I'm not as... I don't know, uh, excited about it, or I don't think a lot of the new stuff that's out there is really worth it. I mean, there are obviously some exceptions. Um, I thought, like, you know, the reboot of Evil Dead was good. Uh, Stuff like Hereditary. Uh, The Witch was interesting. I didn't really think it was horror, but it was interesting as a concept. But going back to, like, certain elements of horror like you've got your giant monsters you've got your monsters you've got your slashers and all this other stuff but one thing that I think has always kind of put the fear in me when it comes to horror is like stuff involving and I think DJ Neck is the same way stuff involving like puppets dolls mannequins and this and this really goes all the way back to when I was like really young like we're talking late 70s early 80s stuff so I think about movies like Tourist Trap or um, Dolls. Um, what's the other one I was thinking of? Uh, Trilogy of Terror with that little voodoo doll, whatever it's the third section of that. Uh, Magic. You know, there's a, so many different movies back then that kind of centered around all that. Nowadays, we have stuff like. Dead Silence and Annabelle to kind of carry on those little traditions. But what is it about those types of movies and what they involve that makes it so creepy? Is it the dolls themselves? Um, the figurines or whatever? I mean, Puppet Master, you know, it was sort of like that early on. Nowadays, it's kind of like a cross between are the puppets kind of good, are they bad? But back originally the first puppet master you know they were just downright nasty so but what is it about those type of things that makes horror work i don't know i just i really love a lot of those films um even today a lot of those films still put that sense of creepiness when i watch them magic didn't really hold up as much as it once did uh it still has a lot of great atmosphere but i I don't think it really held up in terms of the whole puppet thing as much as tourist trap or the other films i mentioned but when it comes to stuff like dead silence when i saw that like a few years ago i thought that was really creepy as well that one was pretty good um yeah, that was like Demonic Toys and Pinocchio. I, haven't, I don't think I ever saw the Pinocchio stuff, but either way, when it comes to horror, I think that particular area of the genre is like very, very uh, well done usually. It isn't campy. I mean, even with the original Chucky, Child's Play, uh, Brad Dorff did a fantastic job with that. I didn't see the remake yet, and I've heard it's not so good. <laughs> not surprisingly, but... 
Yeah, so I mean, you can feel free to leave me comments on the page when this is up, and you know, or even on the podcast itself. Let me know what you think. Maybe some of your favorite horror films that involve puppets, dolls, and mannequins. And I don't know. Give me your input. Next block that we have coming up, I've got some Antichrist Siege Machine. That's uh, courtesy of Quabar Extreme Metal PR, and we're gonna kick it off though with some Born of Osiris. Exhilarate.
is Patrick from the Canadian Press Metal Band Reanimator, and you're listening to Metal Tavern Radio. I have a Alright, from their latest effort, Monument of the End, that surruption out of Sweden with the Entity. Met those guys a couple years back, um, I think they were still touring for Engineering the Void, their 2014 release, and uh, bought their vinyl back then, they actually were very kind and signed it for me, very friendly guys, uh, had a lot of fun at that show was really excited for the new record, which was pretty damn fucking good, I might add. Uh, so if you haven't heard that band, be sure to check them out. Great technical death metal out of Sweden. Uh, before that, we had some uh, Antichrist Siege Machine, courtesy of Kowar, Extreme Metal PR. I uh, got another track from them later on. But now it's time to dive into our rock block in the segment. Um... Again, no uh, DJ Neko pick of the week this week because she's out of town. But uh, once she gets back, we'll get back into some of her uh, picks of the week for you. This, uh, today I've got some Bullbeat, brand new stuff from them. Blackwater, Holy Light, Eastead Band, some Rush, Kingdom Come, and Orgy. And we're going to kick it off with some Bullbeat, brand new stuff for them. Uh, new album was pretty good. Maybe longer than it probably necessarily had to be but you know i'm not one to be picky about bands and how much music they put on their records but uh there was some stuff in there that was meme but there's some other great tracks on there and this track i'm going to play through actually opens the album up it's called last day under the sun and i'll talk to y'all when we're done
Mas apenas começou Se você acha que o rock morreu Muito prazer, aqui estou eu
save the freaks. I'll get you think here, here to save the freaks. Hello, bangers. This is Raul from Bangers, a questionable band from Chile. And you are listening to Metal Table Radio. DJ New is back with you on Metal Tower Radio Podcast. That ends our rock lock orgy social enemies. So uh, apparently there was a, a zombie attack in Ontario, London, Ontario, excuse me. Uh, that'd be a Rob Zombie attack. Uh, I wanted to talk a little about this. I don't, you know, it's not about really passing judgment or anything, but. Uh, I do have my own core beliefs when it comes to violence with people one way or the other. While it's been known that fans can tend to be overzealous, uh, a little bit crazy when it comes to concerts, uh, idols like you know athletes, movie stars, whatever, there is a bit of a decorum that fans need to have, but at the same time, sometimes they're really young. Um, so you have to be careful because they're not always mature enough to handle those situations and apparently Rob Zombie was doing a concert in London, Ontario and he was walking by a lot of the fans like he'd gotten down closer to where all the fans were in the front row and a female fan had grabbed his shirt maybe hanging onto it longer than she should have which apparently uh, outraged Rob Zombie to the point that he went back, grabbed her. The, the sources are saying that he was attempting to grab her shirt, but ended up catching her hair as well and kind of violently sh- pushing her or whatever he was doing. My only problem here is that, one, you still need to be a consummate professional when you're out there. doesn't matter what you're doing. Um, doesn't mean you're not human, doesn't mean you don't have emotion, doesn't mean you need to put up with bullshit, but in the end, there is more expected of you than, say, the fan. And especially a female fan, this just isn't something that a man should be doing to any woman. I don't care. You know, it, it's a situation where a zombie could have easily avoided any confrontation with this girl because he did have security with them, which eventually they did take care of the issue. But now you've overstepped your bounds by attacking this female. And we don't even know how old she was, but, you know, it, it could have been a 12-year-old. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just don't do that. And, you know, I'm not saying Zombie's a bad dude or that he does this on the norm. But this was clearly a case where I think that he was out of line, no matter what the female did. She is wrong in her own right, but at the end of the day, he's a man. He needs to be a better person with that. Um, You know, you just can't start, like, assaulting females just because you don't like that they're grabbing at you. And and the problem that I have also is that some of these other musicians have come out defending Zombie, and I'm like, no, that's not the way that we need to handle this stuff. You need to be a better professional. That's what you do. You expect this kind of stuff. So you have to just let your security deal with it and keep moving along. 
So, you know, whether or not you agree with my take on it doesn't matter. It's not going to change my view. Uh, there are only special circumstances where I'd even condone any kind of violence on a woman. And that's really, like, basically a life or death situation. This was not one of those. So, zombie, shame on you. Um, I understand your frustration with it, but definitely should have handled that much, much better. Alright, so, back to the music. Uh, I got some stuff to kick off the next block from a band called Ages. It's a melodic black metal band from Sweden. Uh, I'm actually surprised that this album is this old already. I, this the Malefic Miasma from 2015 was like one of my favorite albums of the year. Um, really surprised they don't have a new record out. They are still active, but uh, kind of surprised they just haven't had any new material. I'm hoping they'll get some out new. They are really, really fantastic. And the track I'm going to play for you is kicking off that last album. It's called At the Behest of Reason.
Hi, this is Isaac Goldsmith. This is Jonathan West from Exhortation, and you're listening to Metal Tavern Radio. All right, DJ New is back with you on Metal Tavern Radio Podcast. Rotten Dawn, Dawn Dwellers, another track sent to me by Kobar Extreme Music PR. Much appreciated, sir. Uh, before that, some Veil Burner and then Ages right before that. So, uh, a couple of things to talk about here. Um, recently, I guess I guess Metallica on their tour that they're doing currently, that uh, during the shows, Robert Trujillo and Kirk Hammond are basically freestyling with playing covers of different uh, bands and, you know, influences or whatever. And re- most recently, they did a cover of uh, Celtic Frost's Procreation of the Wicked and U- Usurper. And I guess uh, Celtic Frost frontman Tom G. Warwick caught wind of it and listened to it, and he was not pleased with their rendition of what they were doing. I guess on some level it would be kind of petty because usually when fans of other styles of music or influences, you know, when they try to do the cover, they can either do it the same exact way or they can go and just try and make it their own. And in a way, I think Trujillo and Hammond are trying to do that by just kind of goofing off and whatever. But at the same time, you do take the risk of offending the original artist. And I think in this case, Warrior just was not very pleased and not very... Um, amused by their rendition of some of their songs so found that interesting uh, but you know people who have been following Warrior online or whatever who I'll say he tends to whine about a lot of stuff I don't really know if that's a fact or not um, I am a big Celtic Frost fan from today so like even even though the most recent one they did a few years ago was pretty damn good as well now Warriors doing a whole other project and whatnot, but you know he's entitled to his opinion, and uh, I don't really think Trujillo and Hammett meant to do any disrespect, but uh, kind of funny still, I guess. <laughs> in this day and age, Metallica in their current form just isn't all that impressive to me anyway. So I'm not sure how much enjoyment I would get out of them kind of ab-libbing, you know, other people's material. So. Either way, um, also, when it comes to, we're going to jump over to the movies now, uh, I never was a big Harry Potter fan in terms of the books, but I was a fan of the movies, and most people who know me know I'm a big Emma Watson fan, uh, mainly just because of who she is in general, I just think she's a ray of sunshine, but, uh. I do enjoy her acting, and most of the movies that she's in, I'm not overly crazy about. As far as the plots and all that, they're not really subject matter that I really care that much about. There are a couple exceptions in there. Uh, But, obviously, the Potter stuff is gone now for them, but uh, J.K. Rowling, the writer, author, uh, is doing a whole new series um, right now with Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Now, that first movie... I didn't really like, I mean, obviously it's a bunch of whole new characters that we're kind of getting familiar with. Some some of the names we heard from the Potter series, but uh, I don't know, I, I just wasn't all that enthused about the first movie now. I had a chance to watch Crimes of Grindelwald, 
uh, last night, and uh, it was much, much better than the first one. And, of course, now I think the reason for that is we're starting to dive into characters that we're familiar with, names that we're familiar with, and the pacing and everything that's going on is much better. Uh, Johnny Depp playing the role of Brendan Wald was well done. It was the first time for me that Depp has taken on a character and not added basically a, a, a Sparrow wannabe. Like he, some reason after Pirates, Johnny Depp went into other roles kind of doing these same shenanigans that Jack Sparrow would do. And I, like Tonto was horrible, but it was, it was basically a morbid version of Jack Sparrow that he was doing it. And the movie was bad anyway, but this role that he played, uh, much better. He approached it a lot differently than the other ones, which is good. Uh, so I, I thought he did really well with that. It has a lot of other characters in it that are very, very interesting. Um, obviously, you have Eddie Redmayne in there. Um, you actually have uh, Ezra Miller, uh, who actually did Perks of Being a Wallflower with Emma Watson. And, of course, uh, I think he was the Flash in the Justice League and all that. But he plays uh, the character of Credence in, in this film. And uh, not a whole lot on him in terms of the screen time but you he is a central figure in it all so something to look out for had Jew Law Zoe Kravitz in there um trying to remember who else I know there's, there's some other pretty familiar faces in there um Orlando Jones is in there as well no no I'm thinking of something else forget that <laughs> so you got another movie I watched last night he he was in but uh Anyway, it was a really good film, and it was back to basically what made Harry Potter really good, and, you know, it's keeping with the dark themes, and, I don't know, it's all building up to what happens with the first Harry Potter film, so that's good. So the third one that they're probably working on now, I'm going to be really interested in, because it's going in a direction that I like. So something for you uh, Potterheads, or people who are interested in fantasy films might be interested in, do check that out. I was... Far more impressed with this one than the first one. Still to come, music-wise, I got some Dream Theater, Six Feet Under, and Cradle of Filth. But we're going to kick off the next block with uh, Judas Priest. Flamethrower from their latest release.
We're Torify from Victoria, BC. You're listening to Metal Tavern Radio. Stay thrashing.
in the ground Where paranoia thrives Look, look who's hanging around When destruction arrives
Alright, DJ Nib is back with you on Metal Tavern Radio with the podcast. Mortal Infinity, Misanthropic Collapse. Alright, well, we're getting ready to close out this edition. And, uh, want to talk a little bit about the last track I got for you from Cradle of Filth. Uh, apparently, select shows this year, Cradle of Filth will be playing the entire album of Cruelty and Abuse. Beast, excuse me, which I think is like about 20, yeah, about 20 years old now, so kind of interesting that bands kind of do this from time to time, where they'll just throw some love back to an album they had as an anniversary or whatever. And uh, really, for me, probably that was the last COF album that I really liked for the most part. I mean, obviously... Over the last 20 years, there are other songs they've had that I've enjoyed, obviously. And, of course, now they're more into the whole more gothic part of it rather than the black metal and stuff they were had in early on, uh, early ages of the band. Um, but uh, Cruelty and the Beast was probably my favorite album of the early, early works from them. Um, I think maybe Vampire is close second. I mean, Dusk has a lot of good tracks on it, but... Whenever it came to Danny Filth and his Banshee Screams, like, it's something that I can't deal with listening to for, like, a long periods of time. Like, I give him credit for it because not many singers can do that. I don't know if he's even close to doing it nowadays, but as he's much older. But anyway, uh, I always took Cradle of Filth in little doses, and it worked, especially with uh, the Cruelty and the Beast, which is more streamlined and a little easier to digest than some of the earlier stuff but uh, this year I think in um, Paris and some of these European countries like Warsaw they're going to be playing the entire album in full for their fans so don't know if they're going to do it in the States at all I guess we'll just have to kind of see how it goes so I'm going to leave you one track off that record. It's the most well-known of that record, plus probably most well-known Cradle Field tune that people are identified with. I think that was kind of like their breakout moment with that record. So I'll bid you all do. Enjoy the rest of your week. And here it is, Cradle Field, The Twisted Nails of Faith. Mirror, mirror, on the wall It's not very pleasant to be my own For if I shall see thy life Grant me the witchcraft of thy tongue 